0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolnes. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolnes. And coming up... On this episode of the podcast, we'll give you some of the latest news and notes around the NFL, including a big trade, Baker Mayfield. Going to the Carolina Panthers, what does that mean for the Panthers and the rest of the NFC? And uh, another quarterback could be on the move soon, too. And which teams look likely to land that quarterback? So we'll talk about that. We'll also check the papers and let you know what's been going on with the Cowboys, with the Commanders, and the Giants here over the last week. And I'm really excited to talk to Jody McDonald, one of my radio legends growing up guy I listened to for years and years and years. And he is still going strong, WIP Sports Talk host. He also does uh, Sports Talk Radio for For the fan, CBS Sports Radio, and of course, you probably know him from Birds 365, the YouTube show that he co-hosts with John McMullen for Jacob Sports. We're going to get into what he thinks about the 2022 Birds and ask him his thoughts on the rest of the division as well. So all that coming up here on this edition of Eye on the Enemy. So let's start off by checking the papers, and we'll take a look at what's been happening with the Dallas Cowboys this week as we do our weekly Google News search, and the lead story on Google News is from The Landry Hat and they talk about the three biggest disappointments from the Dallas Cowboys 2021 season. The Landry Hat of course the fan-sided website for the Cowboys. Um And I love any story that's talking about disappointment and cowboys. That that's fine for that's good fun for me. Number three for them, the entire offensive line. uh, Yeah, I think you know you expected that to be a position of strength, but of course you had Tyron Smith battling injuries last year. You had Lyle Collins being suspended for five games, and so uh, yeah. Not, not exactly a, a banner season for the offensive line. Number two, Amari Cooper was a big disappointment for the Cowboys uh, last year. And then, of course, uh, Kellen Moore's play calling was the number one disappointment for Cowboys fans, according to the Landry hat. So I can't disagree with all of them. And it's interesting that you're taking that tact as the division winner, looking at the biggest disappointments from a year ago. Um, you know, if you're if you're feeling good about your off season, I'm not sure that's the vibe you're cultivating. But okay, um, Fox Sports. Dallas Cowboys ride hot ride into a season of high hopes after a bumpy off season, and that's one of the things I want to ask Jody McDonald about. Is have the Cowboys? had a net negative offseason and what is that going to mean for them here in 2022 because if you look at the additions and you look at the subtractions, I think they've lost more than they've gained this offseason. I think they've lost ground and it's really mystifying why they've done that, why they've made some of the decisions they've made, why they haven't been as aggressive this offseason and it's a it's it's a fascinating offseason the Cowboys have had uh as the Eagles have gotten a little bit stronger. Uh NFL.com, Bengals safety, Jesse Bates, Chiefs offensive time well, I don't know what this why this is a Cowboys story, so I'm going to skip on past that one. Um, uh, let's see. We've also got uh, the Baker Mayfield trade. This is from Blogging the Boys, our good pals over at SB Nation. Baker Mayfield trade proves, again, how lucky the Cowboys have been at quarterback. and I guess they have when you look over the years with uh, Tony Romo and now Dak Prescott. It hasn't resulted in postseason wins, though. Uh, but I guess if you're like the Cleveland Browns and you've been stuck in this quarterback uh, purgatory for the last two decades, really since really since Bernie Kosar, uh, and that's going back to the '80s. I mean, that's going back to the Dan Marino, John Elway, uh, AFC uh, quarterback battle. The Browns just can't seem to get that position right. Um, Yahoo Sports, uh, Cowboys News, Julio Jones in. Who could be on their way out of Dallas? They're speculating Julio Jones may be coming to Dallas. Uh, we all know the injury-riddled season that he had last year with the Tennessee Titans, that just did not work out for them. Uh, but there's some speculation that Julio Jones could be coming to Dallas and um, thinking that he's, when he was healthy last year, looked like a, a still a pretty good player. But um, Julio Jones' best days behind him, although it might not be a bad you know, roll of the dice for the Dallas Cowboys certainly wouldn't cost them anything. But here's, here's my favorite story of the week. Dan Pompey of The Athletic talked to Von Miller recently. Uh, of course, Von Miller now uh, with uh, the Buffalo Bills. And Von Miller told Dan Pompey of The Athletic that when deciding whether to return to the Rams in 2022 or whether to continue his career elsewhere, he almost signed with the Cowboys before cash money got in the way. Miller explained that the Cowboys offered him the same contract they had agreed to with Randy Gregory before the longtime defensive end reneged and signed with the Denver Broncos, Miller's former team instead. The free agent, pass rusher, and DeSoto, Texas native then balked at the Cowboys' five-year, $70 million offer. Miller told Pompey, quote, I told them I was ready to come to the Cowboys. I would have taken less to go to Dallas because it's Dallas, but I wouldn't take that much less. Miller eventually signed with the Bills for six years, $120 million, with $51 million in guarantees, and the $17.5 million per year average over the first four seasons on the Bills deal is a lot more than the $14 million per average on the Cowboys offer, which explains why Miller decided to go to Buffalo. So uh, the Cowboys could have had Von Miller. Sounds like Von Miller wanted to go there, that he wanted to give them a hometown discount, but the Cowboys weren't willing to go quite as high as Von Miller wanted. And so he ends up with the Buffalo bills. And I guess we'll see whether or not the bills, um, not the bills. Well, I guess we'll see whether the Cowboys, um, regret that decision as the season goes along here. But that's, uh, that's the latest news from the Dallas Cowboys over the last week. Let's take a look at the Washington commanders. As we check the papers from spin zone, Washington commanders, UDFA steal could be the next Logan Thomas. Um, the player, of course, that they are talking about—well, not of course. You have no idea who I'm talking about. Uh, but the latest player that I'm talking about is Amari Rodgers. Uh, I'm, 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 pardon me, Armani Rogers, the former UNLV, UNLV quarterback who holds the school record for most rushing yards by a quarterback— um, it looks like he's going to be a uh, a, a wide receiver for uh, the, the the Commanders, um, but also could I guess work as like a kind of a scat back uh, running back uh, for for the Commanders as well. You know, as a guy goes undrafted for a reason, but of course sometimes teams have blind spots as well. Uh, so just uh, kind of an interesting thing to keep you know when you're the Commanders too and you're you're not sure if you're going to be a winning team or not, you're kind of looking for some players to surprise to. Uh, be unexpected contributors, and you're looking at some of those undrafted guys, too, uh, for, for some of those different things. Commander's Wire, RFK Stadium to be demolished by the end of 2023. And I, as much as RFK really probably should be demolished, it really is and maybe they'll make way there for a new stadium one day eventually. If Dan Snyder ever sells the team, I think then you see a glide path to the commanders returning to Washington, D.C., and that's really the only spot in D.C. where a new stadium would work. So knocking that thing down makes a whole lot of sense. Whether or not a new stadium goes there to replace it one day, no idea. It depends if they're going to build something on top of it right away, but uh, that team desperately needs a new stadium, and it does not sound like, Moving to Northern Virginia is in the cards for the commanders, uh, especially as all of these allegations of workplace misconduct against, uh, conduct against Dan Snyder have been coming out and uh, uh, some of the different things that have been coming out about inside the organization. The legislators just don't want to do anything with Dan Snyder, and they're stuck in limbo. It is really, FedEx Field is horrific, and frankly, decrepit RFK Stadium is better than decrepit <laughs> FedEx field the commanders are just in a bad spot with regards to their with regards to their stadium and Washington commanders Ron Rivera says we are moving forward and it, 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 a lot of this stuff can't fall on the shoulders of, of Ron Rivera and they brought him in to help clean up the organization so he's not only been tasked with making the team better he's also been tasked with kind of whitewashing some of the stuff that's been going on with Dan Snyder and the front office it's a big job I don't I don't I don't uh, Envy what Ron Rivera has had to do here over these last couple of years. He's got, he's basically had to be the adult in the room for the general manager, for the team president, and for the owner himself. He's had to be the big boy. He's had to, uh, he's had to wear the grown-up pants to make the to make the unpopular decisions, to coat over a lot of the nonsense. His his defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, says on a on any given base on any weekly basis. So, um, yeah, it's. It's not a good, it's not an easy job, but I think Ron Rivera has the cup. I like Ron Rivera and I think he's got integrity. I think he's a good head coach and I think he's exactly the guy this team needs and the commanders could be decent this year. They could be a good team. I think this is the best roster they've had in quite a while. And you can see a path to this team being good this year. If Carson Wentz plays like he did during the first 15 games of the Colts season last year, you could be looking at a pretty good Washington offense because Wentz was not bad for the majority of the season with the Colts. He just had a horrific last two games. He wasn't great with the Colts. He was not a superstar quarterback. He was not a top 15 quarterback probably, but uh, he certainly wasn't a bottom 10 quarterback. If they get competent play from Carson Wentz, I think the Commanders could be a 9- or a 10-win team, but uh, you know, it's they've got a lot of other stuff going on there. And if Carson Wentz couldn't make it work in Indianapolis, given every, how perfect that situation was for him, it just is hard to see how he succeeds with a team like the Commanders. But the big story of the week out of Washington is that it now looks like that Dan Snyder will testify before a House congressional committee trying to get at the bottom of... The workplace issues with the commanders. Um, I think this was in the Washington Post. The House, oh no, this was from Pro Football Talk. Uh, The House Committee on Oversight uh, had been trying to subpoena Snyder to testify at a deposition. Snyder had claimed he was out of town when they had a public hearing a couple of weeks ago uh, and that he was uh, concerned about due process. But now Snyder's lawyer has submitted a letter to the committee offering to make him available for a video testimony later this month so he wouldn't be going uh, down to up to up on Capitol Hill. But John Kime and Tisha Thompson of ESPN and uh, report that attorney Karen Patton sent a letter to the committee listing some possible dates. So, uh, we will see that. We'll see when that happens. Uh, Snyder is apparently in Israel for much of July and into August. Um, It's the one year anniversary of his mother's death, and so apparently that's why he's there. But uh, Seymour would travel to Israel to accompany Snyder during the deposition if he chooses to, if they work out a date where they do it while he is in Israel. So. Um, just something to keep an eye on there with the Washington Commanders. And now we'll take a look at what's been going on with the New York Giants over the last week. We'll check the papers see what they have to say about that. Giants expecting big things from rookie right tackle Evan Neal, and they should. Evan Neal is a great pick. We've talked about how good the Giants draft was. You get those Buffalo Bills brains in there, and it's already paying dividends based on how the Giants handled their first round draft picks. Uh, Giants Wire reporting that the Giants' Daniel Jones is organizing workouts with skill players. That's a good thing we see that every offseason quarterbacks bring out some of the skill players to work during the offseason generally speaking it doesn't really mean anything Um, we saw it happen a lot when Donovan McNabb was here sometimes the offense would be great sometimes the offense wouldn't work very well you can't perfect chemistry during the offseason but sometimes it can help you build those bonds it's a team building thing I just you know I'm not a believer in Daniel Jones I don't think he's got the goods but certainly this is something that you do and it's something that Reporters report on every offseason, whenever it happens. Um, and then ESPN, of course, has a, uh, has a story about will the NFC East finally have a repeat champion? Um, this is, again, the most bizarre statistic in the NFL that the NFC East has not had a repeat champion uh, since 2005. And I, I did a story for Bleeding Green Nation last year about this detailing, taking a detailed look at why there has not been a repeat champion, what what circumstances befell each team the following season after winning the division title that they were not able to repeat. And it's, uh, it's always been interesting, some mix of injuries, underperformance, bad coaching, all of it. Uh, it's just, it's. I think it's the most fun statistic in the in the NFL right now. The fact that the NFC East has not had a division winner repeat uh, since since 2005. All right, let's touch briefly on the Baker Mayfield trade to the Panthers. The Browns and Panthers agreed to the trade that sends a 2024 conditional fifth round pick. It becomes a fourth rounder if Mayfield starts a certain number of games and has a certain amount of success. Cleveland will pay Mayfield ten and a half million this season, but it saves over eight million dollars in cash and salary cap space according to Mike Garofolo, friend of the podcast. Carolina, meanwhile, will pay the fifth-year quarterback around $5 million. Mayfield was originally owed $18.8 million. But he agreed to a three and a half million dollar pay cut, uh, but he can make that back up with incentives Uh, in Carolina. He will battle Sam Darnold here in training camp. So it'll be a quarterback battle to see who is the starter. Uh, Both Mayfield and Darnold are in the fifth and final year of their rookie contracts, both accounting for eighteen point eight million dollars in cap space. That is a lot of money to go towards quarterbacks for a team that does not have playoff aspirations. But I think the Panthers are trying to see if one of these guys can be a long-term answer at quarterback this season. And you're going to see these guys play in the preseason. And one of these two guys winning the job based on how they do this summer and uh, in training camp and in preseason. So pretty interesting. Uh, Baker Mayfield just, has never been able to really put it together. And he had a down season last year as he battled injuries, Um, took the Browns to the playoffs once, but wasn't able to do anything once he got there. And uh, it's, it's a problem for, for Cleveland. I still think, you know, I'm not sure Deshaun Watson is, he's a great player. Deshaun Watson's a great player. We still don't know how much of this season he is going to miss. And so you're looking at Jacoby Brissett as your starting quarterback. Now, if, uh, if Deshaun Watson misses any time. And with Carolina, I don't think it makes them any closer to being a playoff team. I like Mayfield more than I like Darnold. I think uh, Mayfield has a little bit more to his game, but certainly not a star quarterback and uh, not a guy I think you build your team around. One other quarterback that is still with his existing team that I think is going to move at some point is Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, Pro Football uh, talk, uh, looked at a couple of different options for where Jimmy Garoppolo could end up. There's the Steelers. I mean, they drafted Kenny Pickett in the first round, but I don't think anybody is itching to make sure Kenny Pickett starts every game this season. And Jimmy G could be a good one-year stopgap for the Steelers if they wanted to give Kenny Pickett some time. But if Garoppolo's looking to go somewhere and be there for a while, Pittsburgh is probably not the place. If you've got the Atlanta Falcons, and if they don't want to tank this year, then you're going to have to get a better option than Marcus Mariota, and uh, that's their option right now. So you could see Jimmy G... With Atlanta, And I don't think we're talking about getting a, a high pick for this guy. I think you're looking at something like what Baker Mayfield returned for Cleveland, a conditional fourth rounder, fifth rounder, something like that. I think certainly Garoppolo is better than Mayfield, so maybe you're looking at a conditional third. Um, you've got the Detroit Lions, and I, I think this makes a little bit of sense. Is Garoppolo better than Jared Goff, though? Remember, the the, the, the Lions just traded for Goff last offseason, and certainly Goff didn't do anything to cement the job. So I would probably lean Garoppolo over Goff, but both of, these guys are, both of these guys have been to a Super Bowl. So it's interesting. They're both very similar quarterbacks, and I'm, I'm not sure Garoppolo is better than what they already have. Are you going to give up a third-round pick to get a quarterback who's probably not any better than the guy you already have there? You've got the Seahawks, who have Geno Smith and Drew Locke. I'd probably pull the trigger if I'm the Seahawks, but again, the Seahawks are rebuilding. Are you going to give up a third or fourth-round pick for Jimmy G? I don't know that that makes sense either. And if you're the 49ers, are you trading him in in division? You have the Saints, who have Jameis Winston. I'd probably rather have Jameis Winston rather than trading, again, a third or a fourth rounder for Jimmy G. And you've got the Texans, who've got Davis Mills, but that team's going nowhere. Again, you're rebuilding always. The Texans are always rebuilding. And I don't think I give up a third or a fourth round pick for Jimmy G. If it's a fifth rounder or a sixth rounder for, for any of these teams, I might make I might take a flyer on that. But if it's a third or a fourth rounder, if it's what you had to give up to get Baker Mayfield, I don't know that I'm doing that. I just don't know that I'm doing that. Uh, and then I think the one team that is really intriguing is the Dolphins. The Dolphins are in win-now mode. I don't think Tua is the guy. I don't know if Jimmy G is the guy, but I think I think if you bring in Jimmy G and you have a competition there this spring and, and into the summer— not this spring. If you have a competition this summer— that could be interesting. I think that could be an interesting landing spot for for Jimmy Garoppolo, but it's really kind of looking right now like Jimmy G isn't going anywhere and that he's going to battle Trey Lance for the job. I, I don't know that they're just handing the job over to Trey Lance. Um, there have been reports last year that Trey Lance didn't look like he was ready to assume the job, which is why the 49ers have held on to Jimmy G. Garoppolo has has a very limited ceiling. He's reached it. We've seen what it is. And it is what it is. Trey Lance, we don't know what the ceiling is just yet. And the 49ers are a contending team. They are a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, especially based off of getting to the NFC Championship game last year. But we also know that they can't win the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. We don't know if they can win the Super Bowl with Trey Lance. I would move on. If I'm the 49ers, but I don't know that the 49ers feel as strongly about that. All right, coming up, we're going to talk to one of my favorite talk radio hosts in the country. Jody McDonald, guy I grew up listening to, just one of the most talented guys out there. WIP, the fan, uh, Birds 365, CBS Sports Radio Philly. We're going to talk to him about what he's looking for from the Birds here in 2022 and get his thoughts on the rest of the NFC East. We'll talk to him coming up next here on Eye on the Enemy And join me to talk a little bit about where the birds stand right now here in the middle of the summer, a little bit of the dead zone for the Eagles at the moment, but still lots to talk about as we get ready for what's shaping up to be a pretty exciting season is a radio legend somebody I grew up listening to I've been fortunate enough to be on the birds 365 show. Uh, that he hosts with John McMullen for Jacob Sports. We're talking, of course, about Jody McDonald. He hosts National Sports Talk Radio for CBS Sports Radio. And of course, you hear him on WIP in Philadelphia and The Fan in New York. Uh, he also has a podcast uh, co-host for a podcast called Hot Read Hits for Bet Prep US. Jody Mack, welcome to Eye on the Enemy. How are you? Damn, I work too hard. Man, it took you about a <laughs> minute and a half to get through all the crap that I do. It's a list. I bullet pointed it. So <laughs> I was able to get through it really easy. Uh, Follow him on Twitter at Jody MacMan on Twitter, everybody. So as we look at the birds here in 2022, I think it's kind of interesting. This team, it looks like it's a really good roster. I think Howie Roseman's done an excellent job putting this team together. I, we've talked about it when I've been on uh, the birds 365 show, but I think most of us agree as Eagles fans that the biggest question mark, the biggest wild card is of course the guy who holds down the most important position on the team, and that's Jalen Hurts. No one really knows what to expect from him here in 2022. And so that's where I want to start off with you. Sure. Where, What do you expect to see out of Jalen Hurts this season?
1: An absolute improvement. If it's not, then the Jalen Hurts era will come to an end. They bent, went out of their way to give him a big weapon. And A.J. Brown is borderline top 10 wide receivers, 9th, 10th, 11th, somewhere there, about. Mm. when you can get that type of a player, and only have to give up draft pick capital to get it, and the Eagles had excess draft capital to use, you've given him every reason to be improved. You believe from year two to year three, he should be improved. They've got one of the best offensive lines in all of football. There's no reason not to expect improvement out of Jalen Hurts this year. If you don't get that, Jalen Hurts won't be the quarterback of the Eagles going forward. So he's got everything to win and or lose this year. And anyone you talk to around the team, his teammates, his coaches and the like, they say this guy's got the best attitude on the planet. Work hard, leadership, positive mm-hmm. attitude. So either he has it or he doesn't. We'll find out as soon as the season starts to unfold. We know the Eagles would prefer to pass more than they did last year. Kudos to Nick Sirianni for uh, realize, all right, this isn't working. We're going to have to run the ball more. They did dug themselves out of a hole, made the playoffs. So I give lots of props to the coach for figuring it out on the fly and not being afraid to go away from what their major plan was going in. Well, they've revamped their plan. They're going to try and throw the football that much more this year. And it's going to be up to Jalen Hurts to take that step forward. If he does, the Eagles are absolutely a playoff team and probably a divisional winner. If he doesn't, then it should be a dogfight between the Eagles and the Cowboys.
0: Yeah, and if he doesn't, it, it could turn out to be a very disappointing season because I think hopes are high for this team coming into the season, maybe as high as they've been since after the Super Bowl up in heading into the 2018 season. Uh, you know, as you look at this team in 2022, I guess do you, do you think you know when we went into the 2017 season, we did not think that that Eagles team was necessarily a Super Bowl contender. I think most people felt pretty good about Carson Carson Wentz's rookie season. But I know Doug Peterson that preseason said he thought the Eagles had one of the best rosters in the in the NFL, and as it turned out, he was right. But we weren't we weren't seeing that. Do you get a sense? Are there ways that things could fall into place here in 2022 where this Eagles team could be a Super Bowl contender? Absolutely.
1: Um, you're right. I'm thinking back to uh, preseason 2017. Doug Peterson compared the Eagles to the Green Bay Packer team right. that he had been part of. And we all kind of rolled our eyes and said, all right, Doug, we appreciate the optimism, but don't get carried away. Right. And he got carried off the field after the yeah. Super Bowl. So yeah. uh, it, uh, Doug was a little bit uh, more Foresight than than most of us did. Uh yeah, oh, this team has got a chance to have a tremendous year for a couple of reasons. Number one, you mentioned it, Harry Roseman has done a very good job at upgrading the roster. We're all factoring in improvement out of Jalen Hurts. We'll see if that happens. I think the defense has more weapons, which is gonna allow Jonathan Gannon, who's one of those lightning rod guys. People either really like Jonathan Gannon and believe, uh, I'll give you one guy, it's Howie Roseman said, we're just renting Jonathan Gannon. He's going to get a head coaching job. Yeah. One year as a defensive coordinator, he already got interviews to talk about potential jobs. So I, I see where that could potentially head. He's been given that many war weapons this year. There shouldn't be a Jonathan Gannon couldn't really do what he wanted to do narrative. He should be able to do whatever he wants going into this season. Uh, So yeah, all the pieces are in place. And the other thing to place the Eagles benefit is we're looking at a mediocre NFC. Mm. If you look at all the teams and their rosters going into the season, I got to believe five out of the top eight, if not six out of the top eight, or or say seven out of the top ten, they're all AFC teams. Right. The AFC is the better conference, so you've yeah. got the Rams as your defending champions. Brady unretiring in Tampa. We know Aaron Rodgers is that good, but I think they're going to miss Devonte Adams, so they'll be the best team in that division. Those are the only three teams that you can say right now. All right. They look like they have a better roster. They, if you're just betting who's going to win more games this year, you would take Tampa. You would take green Bay and not by much. And you would take uh, uh, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. The Eagles, you can make an argument of the fourth best team in their conference. And if you're the fourth best team in your conference, guess what? You should have aspirations and dreams about going deep
0: in the playoffs. Right. And and again, a lot of that is going to hinge on Hurts. And he's such a huge question mark. I wonder, is he the biggest question mark for any potential playoff team in the NFL, Jody? Maybe. Uh, It's funny because
1: I may, if anybody listened to Birds 365 or any of my other shows, CBS, WIP, wherever. I'm a Tua Tungalo by law Mm. loved him coming out of going into his junior year i thought he was going to be the number one pick in the draft he gets the injury late in the year and burrow has the most amazing year any college quarterbacks ever had so i don't begrudge him being the number one pick he should have been uh and to a falls a little bit but he gets scooped up by the dolphins he's the most scrutinized both overrated and underrated quarterback in the entire national football league Much like the Eagles getting A.J. Brown, they went out and got Tyreek Hill for him. So it's two former teammates, two Alabama guys, a guy who got them to a championship and then watched Tua Tungvala come off the bench and actually put away the championship. I think those two former Roll Tide guys are the most scrutinized uh, guys going into the national football league season this year.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Their team's playoff positions really do hinge on, on how those guys perform. Um, looking at some of the other young Eagles players on this team, give me one player that you really like that you think could break out this year.
1: No, that's the easiest question you'll ask me. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that N'Kobe Dean dropped into the third round. Mm. This whole undersized thing, it, they're listing him at six. Okay. Oh, maybe he's not six. 5'11". Okay. The guy is just a flat-out stud. He was as good a playmaking linebacker as I'd seen in college football in a decade. Mm. And for him to fall into the third round, if the Eagles had taken him with the 18th pick in the first round, right. I would have been good with it. Yeah. When they decided to pass on him in the second round and took Cam Juergens. Well, oh, by the way, several people told me actually the best center in the draft. So it was a good pick standalone. The only thing I didn't like about it was, They were passing on the Kobe Dean. Yeah, sure enough. He's still sitting there in the third round. Uh, Aaron Donald, when he was coming out the year that he came out, had one of the most prolific production seasons in the history of college football, but people worried Cause he's a little undersized for defensive tackle. <laughs> he's the best friggin' football player in the national football league. Yeah. I think that people went to sleep on the Kobe Dean. I know he had the injury issue. Um, the pec thing, which he says he's fine and is going to be ready to go when camp opens up 16 days from now. Uh, I think. He will win that middle linebacker job. I don't know if they'll throw him to the wolves week one, but by the end of the season, he will be in every
0: down linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think he's got a chance to win defensive rookie of the year. Speaking about a young player who I don't think any of us believes has a breakout season left in him. That's former first round pick Jalen Rager. And he's still on the team, which is surprising to me. Um, I don't see a role for him here at all. Jody, it doesn't seem like, with the wide receiver additions that they've made that he even cracks the top five and he's shown that he can't really handle special team duties. So I wonder why is he still on the team? What should the Eagles do with him at this point? Well, they're first thing first, they're going to give him a chance
1: on the special teams. You're right. He hasn't been great at it, but the Eagles' best special teamers, at least on paper, guys, uh, the, the the steeplechase guy uh, <laughs> who, who may or may not rejoin the team in time to play football this year, they're going to give him a chance to do that. And they're also going to give him a chance to just flat-out play. If he can't, then Howie Roseman has got to put his ego aside and say, even if we're taking a $2 million dead cap hit, Oh, by the way, they're taking they took a 30 million dollar dead cap hit with Carson Wentz. Right. When you have to take the hit, you got to <laughs> take the hit. And yeah. the Eagles should know that. And they should be ready to do that. If he goes and balls out in preseason and he looks better than Quez Watkins. Well, then, yeah, they'll find a way to keep him on the team. This meaning he's going to move up the depth chart. I think that takes time. But if he has a really good camp and those uh, joint practices with the Eagles seem to put an emphasis on, uh, if he does some good things, they'll keep him on the roster. But I'm kind of with you. Am I I betting on Jalen Hurts to justify that first round draft pick status that he has? No, I would bet Mm -hmm. against rather than bet on. But the Eagles aren't aren't as we sit here today, the Eagles aren't ready to pack it in on them. But the next uh, 30 to 45 days will tell the story.
0: And I wonder if the pressure is off him to try and perform like a number two wide receiver or even a number one wide receiver. If he knows he's kind of the number five, he can play a little bit more loosely, but also focus more on punt return duties. And if he's focusing more on that aspect of the team, knowing that's his likeliest shot at making the team, maybe we see some improvement for that reason. Um, but we'll have to wait and see looking around the rest of the NFC East here. I know you talked about the Cowboys just a, a little bit. And, and basically by saying the Eagles, you think have the maybe the fourth best roster in the NFC right now. And talking about the Cowboys, have they had too much of a net negative offseason to repeat as division winners here? Well, I think so. And the biggest tactical
1: mistake I think they made was Amari Cooper is still a pretty damn good wide receiver. Yes. And he might not be playing up to uh, or at the end of the year, look, and you say, oh, 20 million. Is he a 20 million dollar wide receiver? Maybe not. But now that we have 25 million dollar wide receivers in the league, like Tyreek Hill, like Devontae Adams, like A.J. Brown, all of a sudden, 20 million doesn't look all that out of uh, range. Yeah. And they decided to basically give him away for a late round draft pick. Uh, He was pretty darn solid for me. He was very good. Two years ago, he was solid last year. All right, so CD lamb is your number one wide receiver. Does that mean you just move on from a guy because he's the highest paid and not the best? I thought that was a tactical roster construction error they made this past year. Uh, I kind of like Cedric Wilson, who they also let walk away. Just another mm-hmm. addition to the Dolphins too, about to a better have a good year because otherwise yeah. <laughs> he's going to be out and I'm going to have egg on my face. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think the Cowboys absolutely went backwards. While I think the Eagles upgraded their roster, I think the the uh, Cowboys downgraded their roster Yes, Dak Prescott has a bigger and more extensive resume than Jalen Hurts. And if the Cowboys finish in front of the Eagles again this year, it'll probably be because of quarterback play more than anything else. But it's been, what, 17 years since we've had a repeat champion in yeah, the AFC, crazy. NFC East? Yeah. So, yeah, if you believe in that trend, the Cowboys have no chance to win a division <laughs> this year.
0: That is the most bizarre statistic in the NFL right now. This One NFC of- East run, uh, it just it's it's mind boggling. Um, Another team that, hey, if 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 he plays well, could could surprise the top D, the NFC East, the Washington Commanders. And. I, I, people here in, I live in the DC area, as you know, and people here just don't know what to think of Carson Wentz. They don't know what to make of him. They don't know what he's going to do for them this year. And no one knows what you're going to get from him. What do you, what are your expectations for Wentz with the commanders? John, the old axiom is fool me once shame on you, fool <laughs> me twice,
1: shame on me. Yeah. Uh, I, this would be the third fool me on Carson Wentz because two years ago when he was evil starting quarterback and everyone was questioning him, I took the guys back and said, come on, you you guys are forgetting how good he was in 2017. And he took a cheap shot from Clowney. And that's why he was out of the playoff game. You're going to you're going to hold that against them. That's just not fair, because I thought people were just being unfair and overly critical of him. So did. I. And then the season started and he didn't play real well. And the season continued and he continued to play poorly, if not got worse. And then when he finally gets replaced, and I would have done it a week or two earlier than Doug Peterson did, he loses his mind and he can't afford to stay there after the Eagles make him a $100 million guy. So yes, I, I did a complete 180 on Carson Wentz. I said when he went to Indianapolis, well, I, I think there's still some skills there. Maybe a change of scenery. Maybe Frank Reich really is his guru. He didn't play poorly last year for the Colts. He certainly played better than he did the previous year for the Eagles, but he came up real small and choked at the end of the season. And that's why they didn't make the playoffs. He had the best running back in the national football league to take the pressure off him, and he still didn't put up that uh, good numbers. Oh no, I've completely soured on Carson Wentz. At one time I was a major advocate and a backer of his two bad years in a row, underachieving years in a row. I don't believe a change of scenery is going to help. Uh, I'd be very surprised if Carson Wentz refound the level that he had in 2017 when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl.
0: I just can't imagine it being a better scenario than what he had in Indianapolis last year and not being able to make that work. It's hard to imagine him making it work with an organization that is as messed up as the, the <laughs> commanders are, but we'll see. Um, the other team in the division, nobody talks about the New York Giants, and there's a reason for that. They've been an afterthought in the NFL here over these last few years. They made some major changes this offseason in the front office, and... Uh, at head coach, how long will it be before you think that pays off for the giants and they're a playoff team again,
1: give them credit uh, because I think they use their two high first round draft picks. Well, upgrading uh, in the trenches more power to them, but I don't know if that pays immediate dividends because I'm not a Daniel Jones fan, never have been. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I ever will be didn't love him when they drafted him. He's done nothing to get me excited uh, his maybe uh, most impressive play in the history of the National Football League was when he fell down at the five-yard <laughs> line against the Eagles, tripped right. over the five. <laughs> um, sorry, not a Daniel Jones fan. So I think the Giants will struggle again this year. But if you're a Giant fan, can you say at least we're headed in the right direction? Yeah, optimistically you can because your new GM used his draft picks well. Um, we'll find out if Brian Dable can get anything out of Daniel Jones. I really don't think it's there to be gotten, mm-hmm. but if anybody can, Dable's a well-respected offensive coordinator. Uh, so you'd at least like to see improvement. Um, yeah, the Giants will not be making the playoffs this year. Uh, if they can get anywhere near 500, I would consider it as a successful season, but there's being below 500 and going backwards and there's mm-hmm. being below 500 and showing signs of coming around. I would say more the latter than the former for the giants this year.
0: Yeah, I would too. I like the, I like the, uh, I like feeding off of the Buffalo pipeline there. That's, that's a pretty smart move given how, how, where the bills are right now and in their trajectory. Uh, the last thing I want to ask you about is that we just passed the 30th anniversary of the death of Jerome Brown and his uh, 12 year old nephew. It was a horrific car crash 30 years ago down in Florida for the Eagles uh, stud defensive tackle. And Obviously it shook the region hard. I still remember it as clear as day. I still, I remember that day, Reggie white, um, went on the, the Billy Graham, uh, went uh, at the vet and, uh, the big uh, pilgrimage there at the, at the vet and spoke and broke the news to everybody. What do you remember most about that time about hearing the news and Jerome Brown's legacy with the team? Because I think it's still there. It's still felt in the city.
1: It is. And it's still felt by yours truly because, uh, Was one of the toughest days I ever spent on the air. I was on WIP midday that day, and I had to announce to our WIP listeners that the Eagles and all the Eagle fans, Eagle Nation, had lost Jerome Brown. And it's one thing when you get a gripping story like that, and you're trying to process and think about it and try and get more details. But you're not on the air if you're if you're a writer then you go to print when you go to print and you get to organize your thoughts and when you're ready you put them down and you send it off and it goes out when you're an on-air host Mm -hmm. you have to react in the minutes yeah and it's just really difficult and it was difficult in that the story was unfolding because Mm -hmm. all the details weren't immediately available And I want to open up the phones for all the Eagle fans to be able to chime in and say what they want to, but I don't, because I don't have the entire story yet. Yeah. But you don't hold the story like that and say, well, wait, we don't have all the details. No. If you know that Jerome Brown has passed, you have to announce that Jerome Brown has passed. Right. And then you have to try and stay on top of it as the day is ongoing. Um, I think it happened at like, I would say 1130 in the morning was when we got the news Mm -hmm. and I was on the air till three. So I'd been on the air. It was a five hour show. I'd been on the air for an hour and a half. I still had three and a half hours to go. It it was just so difficult and kudos to the Eagle fans who checked in. Uh, Most of them, you could tell through the emotion of their voice, what it felt, what it meant to them, handled it very well. It ended up when the show was over and done with, actually felt good having done the show, but in the moment, as I was doing it, one of the toughest shows I've ever done. And I've been doing this sports talk thing
0: 35 years now. And I was kind of as the beginning of the end of that team when, when Jerome Brown died. And I think that's what everybody kind of admitted. Like everybody realized, yeah, that was, that was probably, that was probably the end of it. And you really wonder what, what that 92 team could have done if, if he was there uh, during that, during that run that season. Um, Well, look folks, Jody McDonald is a very busy guy. Uh, so in order to figure out where he is and what he's doing at all times, make sure you're following him on Twitter at Jody McMahon so that you can find out when he's going to be on CBS Sports Radio, when he's going to be on WIP, when he's going to be on the fan and uh, get the link for his uh, YouTube show Birds 365 with Jacob Sports and uh, also catch his podcast Hot Read Hits with Bet Prep US. Jody Mack, it's an honor to talk to you, man. Thanks for hopping on with me. I really appreciate it.
1: Stoneless, now that I've returned the favor from your coming on Bird's 6365, <laughs> we're even, oh, I'll be asking next. We'll get you back on Bird's 365 before you
0: know it. Anytime you need me, man, as always. You got it. And that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. Just want to remind you guys to make sure you're continuing to read BleedingGreenNation.com each and every day. I know we're in a slow spot here in the offseason, but there's still lots of news and rumors and notes to catch up on, so make sure you're doing that each and every day to find out what's going on with the Eagles and with the rest of the division as we're keeping you up to date on everything going on there. And uh, make sure to tune it in, in to all of the BGN Radio podcasts. There's a new... Uh, BGN Radio up there. There's a, a, a new Eye on the... I mean, there's a new um, uh, NFC East mixtape there for you to for you to grab from this week. And of course, uh, tell your friends about the Eye on the Enemy podcast as well. Leave a five-star rating and a review at Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. We're on Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy. Peace.